It's the Dogcast, episode number 389. Epic win of historic proportions as the Bulldogs hang 52 on Steve Spurrier, the center of evil in the football universe. And after 20 years, all is restored. fans, it's the Dogcast, episode number 389, brought to you by Dog Sports Radio on vSporto. Download the app at iOS or Android stores, Dog Sports Radio. Old Dog, it was a huge win. I mean, a beatdown of epic, historic proportions of the old ball coach in Athens on Saturday night, man. Are yes, you was, still but- feeling it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And before we go any further, I just want to pat myself on the back. When everything else was just swirling around, you know, the sky was falling, you know, our quarterback situation is horrible, you know, there's nothing we can do. The old dog said, you know, just just remain calm. Everything's (laughs) going to be okay. Our guy's going to get better. Schottenheimer's (laughs) just been, you know, been calling – been calling just vanilla plays, saving it all up till we really get into the meat of the SEC. And here I was, right again. Everything you, you were just the, you were the voice. Uh, you were the voice in the I wilderness. The voice of reason. The voice you know, of when reason. Everyone else, right when everyone else was having a knee-jerk reaction, you know, there it was. You know, I said, stay. You know, stay calm, steady the course. Everything's going to work out fine. And lo Not and behold, you, there we are. No knee-jerk reaction out of Old Dog. You never had a doubt in Grayson Lambert. You knew it all along, right? Absolutely not. Those ex-Virginia quarterbacks are always great. (laughs) Well, it's glad you can be. I'm I'm happy you can be so humble. Right. Obviously, I'm being facetious. And when I'm right, there's nobody that crows better than me. And when I'm wrong, I'm going to admit it right off the bat. Uh, Grayson Lambert had a great game. Uh, So far, he's had one average game, one horrible half, and three pretty good halves. Uh, Because I can't say that the second half against Vanderbilt was was bad, and certainly the two halves he played against South Carolina was absolutely, well, no no quarterback's ever done it before. It was epic. It was epic, dude. I mean, it was damn college football. Football history record-breaking epic, you know. It was, and, how- and I and I want to put a little disclaimer in right off the bat because you, you and I both have a lot of South Carolina fans that are friends, and yes. I want to say, and and some of them, and like most South Carolina fans, they take it personal, and yes. I want to say right off the bat, do not take what we're about to get into 
personal because <laughs> yeah. it is not it's not about South Carolina. It's not about just beating the lips off of the Gamecocks. It is about <laughs> beating Steve Spurrier. And it doesn't matter if he had been coaching Carolina, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Duke, the Washington Redskins, the Tampa Bay Bandits, whoever it was. What we're about to talk about is we are delighting in the fact that we took the old ball coach down, made him feel like he has made us feel so many times with his little quippy, you know, little answers and, you know, because we could and, boy, that was neat, that kind of stuff. So, please, I want to remain friends with my South Carolina brethren. It's not about you. It's not about your team. It's beating the dog shit out of Steve Spurrier, and I want to kick him when he's down. And I personally think the way he looked, that was his last trip to Athens as a head football coach. I tell you what, we made we made American football a whole lot less fun for Steve Spurrier. Maybe hearkening back to his days as a player when he got his ass kicked routinely year after year, despite his Heisman Trophy, got his ass kicked routinely by the dogs. I believe um, I believe that you may be right. I mean, he had a whole lot. He is he is just in general having a whole lot less fun, and at some point, you got to think he's going to say, you know what, I could be playing golf at Augusta right now, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to well, let somebody else handle this. And, and I have it on very good authority from someone that's in the know, said one of the reasons that maybe the old ball coach was a little off of his old ball game and not calling the old ball plays that were working, if someone told him that Bill Stanfeld was in section 107, row nine, <laughs> and at any point might spring and just throw his ass on the ground like he used to back in the 60s. Back in the day when he treated him like a little rag doll. I'm telling you, kids, <laughs> hey, just, for, just for historical accuracy, uh, for those new listeners to the show, I know a lot of you guys are well aware of the 20th anniversary of the Home Home Series around the Olympics with the hedges, the, the whole deal back from 95 when Spurrier brought his old ball team to Athens when the couple of years we did the Home Home. But you guys remember, we lost that game 52-17, to 17 and you guys, a lot of you know, he, after the game, he said he thought it would be neat to hang half a hundred on the Bulldogs in Sanford Stadium. And uh, as you said, old dog, I had a little Gamecock girl sitting in front of me, cute as a button and just the nicest little girl, a student. And um, I told her, I reassured her continually that it was not a big it was not a personal thing we didn't have anything against the Gamecocks per se but this was an epic ass whooping that had been 20 years in the making right and it doesn't and it really didn't matter what team he was coaching we didn't beat the Gamecocks I mean we did but we beat Steve Spurrier that's right and you know I'll tell you something I'm kind of proud of this uh, on that last little pooch kick, where we did the little pooch kick and almost 
Well, we did get control of the ball, and, and the pooch kick did work for us, but we were offsides. Before we kicked that ball off, I was screaming as loud as I possibly could from, <laughs> from my seat. I was screaming onside kick, onside <laughs> kick, as loud as I – and I know damn good and well Steve Spurrier could hear me because – it's my job to make Steve Spurrier hear me. And uh, I wanted 59. I wanted 66. The only thing better than 52 is 59, and the only thing better than 59 is 56. It was a fantastic game. Grayson oh. Lambert set an all-time FBS quarterback since they've been keeping records on American college football, set a record, old dog, for completion percentage. Yeah. How about that? I mean, some great catches, and really the only pass that was incomplete, I think, was pretty much a throwaway. Absolutely. I mean, I think he he meant to. I mean, he you know he meant to throw it where nobody could catch it. I think. Right. You know? So I mean, it was just what I mean. It was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful evening. Uh, it was a great game, and I mean, there is nothing like beating Steve Spurrier. And I mean, and what a I mean, what a great day it was, just in general for college football and stuff. I mean, you had LSU going up against the gangsters, and the one thing that I, I hope everyone saw the highlight of Fournette when Trey what 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 was that outcast that we had that we sent down to Auburn was it Trey Matthews? Trey Matthews, trigger Trey. Trey Matthews trying to tackle. Trying to tackle Leonard Fournette looked like a little rag doll. Fournette just kind of gave him a shoulder and sent him flying about 10 feet. It was fantastic, wasn't it? It, it was. Old Miss, Old Miss takes down, Old Miss takes down Alabama, who is quarterbackless. But one of my favorite stories, and I'm going to tell this, uh, I always like to play a little parlay sheet. On, and I was calling in my numbers on Friday. And when I got to the – I was picking Notre Dame over Georgia Tech. I was getting the Fighting Irish in three. And, and the guy that I called and was giving my numbers to, you know, he said, now, now that, that's Notre Dame. You sure you're doing that right? And I said, oh, yeah. And he goes, well, you know, all the smart money so far has been going on Tech. And I said, I'm going to tell you one thing right now, Monty. I said, Brian Van Gorder – is the defensive coordinator for Notre Dame. Brian Van Gorders never lost to Paul Johnson, never will, and he will stuff that high school offense right down Paul Johnson's ass and show him for what he is, and that's exactly what he did. Never had a doubt. There's, no. I mean, hell. I mean, it was just, it, it was, it, it was just a great, it was just a great day all around, and and I know that Dan McGill was up in heaven sitting next to Larry Munson, and Dan McGill in that high voice that he had was saying, we swept a doubleheader today. Damn skippy, buddy. I tell you what, it was just a great day. Great performances. How about Quavon Hicks? Man, I tell you what, you know, I like to think that I can tell how a game is going to turn out just based on what it seems like the – the operating temperature of the team is, you know, in the first quarter. You can, all, you can tell something about Georgia teams 
for better or for worse, you can tell if we brought our A game or not real early. And, buddy, as soon as Quavon starts making catches out of the backfield, we are, we are in the good money right there. You know yeah. Schottenheimer opened up the playbook. Man, Quavon, three catches. Tight ends had five catches. Malcolm Mitchell's catching balls. Three Sony Michelle. Oh, my gosh. It was freaking amazing, dude. Nick Chubb is just punishing people. Sony Michelle just embarrassing Gamecock defensive backs. Just embarrassing. Oh, had, had, had the boys bouncing off of them in the end zone. Oh, my God. Matter of fact, he even had to take a step back for another one hit him and he hurt him, you know? I know, right? And how about, I'm telling you what, I just want you to think back just for a little bit. Think back to the Willie Martinez era. I know it hurts, right? I know. But think about it. Think about how poor. We used to do whole shows where we talked about our piss-poor tackling, the missile shot, all that bullshit we used to do. Think about how much more effective our tackling is now than it used to be. Back to fundamentals. Playing sound sound defense. I hate to say it. I mean, because, you know, I, I mean, think about the upgrade we got in the trade between Rodney Garner going to Auburn. Hell, Auburn got Rodney Garner and Will Muschamp. We got Tracy Rocker and Jeremy Pruitt. Dude, we got the good, we got the good end of that deal, brother. Oh, no, no, no doubt about that. <laughs> Almighty. Damn, Tracy Rocker has got those boys. Chris Mays and Sterling, those boys on the inside are getting it done. Malcolm oh, Parrish. Oh. Oh, yeah, like I say, it was just, it, it was a beautiful sight to see. Uh, everything, literally everything was clicking. Uh, Hell, you we know, got a very, pick. Very, well, yeah, we're plus, we're plus three on turnovers. The nice thing is, too, we're plus, we have, off the turnovers that we've gotten, we have scored 25 points. And the few turnovers that we have had, the defense has stepped up and no one has capitalized on a Georgia turnover yet. I know, right? How about South Carolina getting the damn turnover and and then we hold them four downs in a row and take the ball right back yeah. over? I mean, you can't, you, you can't beat that. We I are mean, firing on all cylinders. Exactly. And and I'm not, I'm not going to bitch and moan about anything, but I do want to throw one thing out because having never been a kicker, I need to know, and this is what, as, as just a total layman and not, and not in the kicking game, I cannot understand how you can kick two or three into the end zone and then all of a sudden not be able to without the weather conditions, mainly wind, drastically changing, which they did not. So if, if we've got any listener that has actually kicked at a high level, if they would email us, tweet us, or call in and let us know if there's a if if that's true. I mean that if in what's the difference in being able to kick the first two or three into the end zone and then not being able to anymore? Or is it literally the fact that we 
want to do something else and we don't kick it into the end zone because we fool ourselves into thinking that if we kick it shorter but we put it up in the air, we've got this good hang time and all that. I mean, if there was anything that we did wrong, our special teams probably were the one sore thumb that we had. Well, I tell you, you know who I think is kicked at a high level, and Mike could shed some light on that, is Isaiah Crowell's dad. I think we need to get him to call in. I think he could explain this kicking situation from a first-hand point of view, you know. I think he is kicked at the highest levels. And I'm sure if we could get Isaiah Crowell's dad to call in and explain it, we would all have a better understanding of Absolutely. I mean, I need to get strategy. educated. Well, I'll tell you something else. You know, like you said, I'm not going to mention any negatives from the game. I'm not going to drag anybody. But I'm telling you this. If I never see it, as talented a tackler as he is, if I never see Marshall Morgan make another touchdown-saving tackle, I would be okay with that. That's Absolutely. all I'm saying. I'm Absolutely. okay with that. Let him, let, let him rest on his laurels. Yeah, exactly. Now, a couple of things I did want to talk about in addition to the great game is, you know, we had a fantastic tailgate, old dog. I smoked a butt. We had some red and black. Now, I know you couldn't make it because I know you're not down with the 90-degree temperatures and the had to work. Eight, had to make I, a living. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's true. the problem. If we could get enough people hitting that PayPal button and I could <laughs> retire, I'd be in every game. Listen, the tailgate Hell, I went might even, I mean, for this game, I might have even jumped in, the, in, the, in Billy Thing's ass-kicking chicken and driven up there. <laughs> the ass-kicking chicken. I've not thought about Billy Thane and the ass-kicking chicken Maybe the world's greatest RV, i got to say. Um, I have not thought about that guy in years. That guy knows how to host a tailgate. Yes, he but, does. Uh, our tailgate went off great, man. We had a lot of smoked, bo- a lot of smoked pork. We had some uh, Red Rock ginger ale, some Black Eagle bourbon. We, uh, and everything went off without a hitch. We had a ton of people come by. Um, we, had a, you know, we, have a, we get a lot of love from the... Redcoat band community, old dog, you know. Uh, Hunter Odom, who uh, is still working with the band, does does all the – I don't even know what the hell he does. I put a picture of his shirt. He's got a cool shirt. I know that. He, I don't know what the hell he does. He's the truck chief or something, whatever the truck chief is. But uh, we had some former Redcoat guys there. We had current Redcoat guys there. Hunter tells me he plays the podcast. He plays the dog cast on the bus while the Redcoats are driving to and from games. I'm like, are you shitting me? Oh, Lordy. He, he plugs it in and plays it over the speakers. He says he needs to learn up those kids on the Red and, and the Redcoat band. He wants to learn them up on what's going on in, uh, well, with, with football. Nothing. Well, I, I'll say this. I mean, there, there's no better to listen to if you want to know what's going on and what the fans are thinking. I tell you. By fans, for fans, we went by and visited the senator. Senator Blutarski was at the uh, Get the Picture uh, tailgate. He was about, uh, I don't know, 100 feet away from us or something. We went down there and met that guy and hung out with him for a little while. What Really a great guy, super gracious host, great tailgate he had. We had a great tailgate. We probably had 
I don't know, maybe all in all, we might have 50 people stop by. It was kind of like a drop-in, you know. Maybe and, gotta uh, love it. It was really fun. It was really fun. Really great to see everybody. Man, the count came by. Hell, I haven't seen the count in I don't know seven or eight years, man. Well, the and, count. And, and is... you know why? You know why? Because it was a night game. Some just can't come out during the day. <laughs> I know, right? He can't make. I mean, day you won't. Game. You won't see him. You won't see him at that noon kickoff for Southern. I'll tell you that. <laughs> exactly. He's in some we... damn coffin covered up with dirt. Oh, it's fantastic. It was, it, it was, it was just fantastic, man. Everybody that came out to tailgate, it was really great. Um, we really had a good time. Really, really happy and proud to host that, and we're really glad you guys were able to stop by. Um, one other thing, I will tell you, old dog, I've pretty much given up on concessions. I, I tell you, they have, they have made all these changes. They, hell, they can do Apple Pay, and they've taken down the screen, and but they have not fixed a couple of critical issues. They have not changed the people that are running the registers. They run out of ice. They run out of soda. The damn, they can't decide if they want a common line or individual lines. It is still just a damn disaster. Concessions somebody figure that out. We've got to have a decision. Now, this is, I'm just going to rant for a second. This is the one thing I'm going to rant about, old dog. Can somebody make a damn decision? If you walk up to concessions, there's like eight or nine signs there that say line forms here. And one of those signs is over every register. So, but what they can't figure out is that they want to do like a common queue you know, like a common line that feeds all those registers, like they do inside the bookstore. You know, if you've ever if you've ever bought anything in the bookstore, there's a common line, and as registers open up, people go from that common line to each open register. Or you can do individual lines. But what we have at Sanford Stadium is some kind of bastardized hybrid where we have kind of a common line, kind of individual lines, and ultimately nobody knows what in the hell is going on. It is a disaster. It just pisses me off. And why, for the love of God, can we not get a dedicated line for the refills? There's no cash. There's no money changing hands. Just a refill. Why can't we have just a refill window? I, I suspect it's because it would make getting a refill way too easy, and they don't want that. But damn it, we got to fix concessions. It's gotten worse, I think. I swear. If you didn't think concessions could get worse, I swear it's gotten worse, old dog. Well, Driving I'll, I'll me tell crazy. You this, and it probably won't get fixed this season, but what they need to do is two of the people that are in charge of concessions at the end of football season need to take a trip down to Orlando and go to Disney World and see how they handle their lines and their crowd control. Because those folks not only are quick, but they can disguise a line better than anybody in the world. No doubt. There's no doubt about it. You can go from one room thinking you're almost ready to get on the rise and damn if you don't get into an entire another room just as big as the one you just walked through. And this but room I has will a spiral go, I staircase in it. Exactly. But most of them, most of the lines at Disney World are the common line. So I think that's probably the way to go. I know. And it's like they're and, trying to do the common line. Our, 
and most of our our uh, financial institutions go with the common line. I know, I know, right? The common line, I, you know, I'll tell you something else too. I don't know why grocery stores don't go with the common line. I think the common line, it eliminates all that anxiety of, man, did I pick the right line? Do I have the right person running my register? Did I get the stupidest person? Did I get the smartest person? It eliminates all that anxiety, you know? Well, one thing I will impart on folks, and this isn't going to come up very often, may never come up for most of our listeners, but if you are ever in any kind of situation with me where you need to get in line, I always pick the worst one. So whichever one I pick, you need to go to the other. At the grocery store, there can be a line with one person in there with four items, and the next register over can have four people in line, all with full baskets. I will jump in line behind the one with four people or with four <laughs> items and one person. Yes. There's always some kind of problem. Debit right. card doesn't work. Credit card doesn't work. To start off with, most of them think the shit's free, and they don't have their, their payment out. You know, like they're surprised when the cashier looks at them and says, that's $28. They're like, exactly. oh, shit, I thought it was for free. <laughs> then they got to fumble around. Then they swipe their debit card, and it gets declined. Then they want to argue with the poor person running the register that they got money on their debit card. Man, if you had money on your debit card, you wouldn't have gotten rejected. <laughs> but anyway, that's neither here nor there. The deal is, if you're ever in a grocery store, wherever, if I pick a line, you need to go to the other. Go to the other line. Hey, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one other thing too. Our little, our little Latino, our little south of the border, our little Mexican mascot, K, is such a great bulldog. I'm telling you. I mean, to be a Latino, to be a Mexican style bulldog, um, K is really turning out to be a pretty good UGA. You know, I mean, you I wouldn't know. I heard they were going to put a sombrero on top of the doghouse. Tiny little sombrero, tiny little mustache. You know, there used to be a great restaurant called Mexicali Grill on Broad Street, and they yeah. had their logo was a bulldog with a sombrero and a little, like a little handlebar mustache. I keep thinking our little mascot, Uga, um, also known as Kay, because he, he's Latino, um, our little Latino bulldog would be awesome in a little sombrero, you know, like a tiny little sombrero and a tiny little handlebar mustache. How cool would that be? <laughs> Obviously, I'm also being facetious like old dog was earlier, but I'm still pissed that they call the dog K. Yeah. They pronounce it Q, and it's completely wrong. <laughs> and we are about to mount a campaign because I've been told by the reporter that broke the news originally that that spelling was specified by Sonny Seiler. And what's the name of the law firm, Old Dog? Bowen Williams and Levy in Savannah, Georgia. There you go. And so I'm thinking the focus of our email and phone call campaign needs to not be the Buttsmere building, needs to not be the Red and Black or Coach Rick or anything like that, but... It needs to be that law office in Savannah because the Sonny Seiler started of, the it. The law office of Bowen Williams and Levy. 
Yeah, I know. So we need to check the show notes, guys. Check the show notes. We'll have the address and the phone number in there. But I want to start sending some emails in there and let Sonny Seiler set the record straight because our little Latino mascot deserves better than to be called K or be or have his damn name misspelled. He deserves better than that. His name's not K. It's Q C U E. Get it right, Sonny Seiler. Exactly, and he shouldn't. He shouldn't be a Spanish question. Yeah, he's not a Spanish question, okay? He's an English bulldog. <laughs> he doesn't wear a sombrero. He's, his name is and, and Q. He can't, and he can't grow a mustache if he wanted to. <laughs> his name is Q, damn it. Oh, it was an epic day for the offense. It was an epic day for the defense. It was just the coaches coached. Schottenheimer fired off a big suck my balls to Spurrier. That was fantastic. I tell you what, it was just great. It was it great was just, all the way around. And it was so wonderful to put 52 on the OBC and hopefully the last time his Darth Vader nasty-ass presence will ever invade beautiful Athens, Georgia. It was. You know what it was, old dog? It, it was neat. It was it really was neat. neat. It was yeah. super neat. It was the neatest damn thing we've done in a while. So yeah, we've got a big know, game. And, and, it wasn't our, and, and it wasn't our responsibility to stop scoring. You know, it that's, was the OBC's responsibility, you know, along, right. with his, along with his buddy Hope, you know, to stop us. Yeah, as he so often likes to say, it ain't my job to stop my offense. It's your job to stop my offense. Well, exactly. You know, and I mean, you know, and, and we got we got we got young Marty, we got young Schottenheimer there calling some young ball plays. Uh, you know, just I guess the defense just wasn't used to them because apparently they must practice against old ball plays. Exactly. It was fantastic, man. I'm telling you what, so satisfying on so many levels. Oh, absolutely. It was a great game. Hey, now, old dog, I got I to gotta take care of a little bit of business. A little bit of business. Dude. It's time to raid the prize closet. It's your favorite time of the show when we go over the pool winners. Oh, man, I love it. Do it. Because I, I, haven't, I haven't announced the pool winners all season. So we have, so we have three, three of them, right? We have three pool winners to announce. And I've got a couple of honorable mentions as well. So in week one... The winner was a guy or girl named Lucky Bogey. Lucky Bogey sounds like your golf game, old dog. Lucky Bogey. Yes, lucky, lucky to get a bogey. Lucky Bogey was <laughs> was the winner. But I want to point out a kudo to my buddy Bernie, who has been on the show with us several times. Bernie came in second of Bernie's dog blog. Great guy, great bulldog blogger. He came in second. Good performance for him in week one. Week two, the winner was C West forty eight sixteen. That that is a real imaginative, just a magical name. C yeah. West forty eight sixteen. And my honorable mention goes to Arkansas Dog, Lost Dog from Arkansas, another great fan of the show. But not a great fan of your audio quality, old dog. But well, our- and, and there's good news there. The wire, the wire is in, is in the secondary bunker. I, I see. It. So you're telling me we're close? We are. We are close. All we need, all we need to do is is hook the coax into the back of the modem, power that baby up, 
and then probably spend a couple of excruciating hours on the phone with Comcast getting it to work. There you go. So Arkansas Dog will be happy to know that you're about to have broadband. And I, he came in fourth. I came in tenth. Tenth out oh, of a hundred out of 150 players, I came in 10th. I was pretty happy about that. That's huge. However, this week, I didn't even enter picks, so I came in last. But the winner was Bama Joe. So our three winners are Lucky Bogey, C-West 4816, and Bama Joe. If you guys or girls will email me your address, you will get a super sexy prize from the prize closet. And one other plug, old dog, nobody's buying cups. What is going on with the cups? Guys, you need to know, I've eliminated all the shipping and handling charges on the website. So it used to be the cup was $5 with $3 shipping and handling. Now the cup is just $8. It's the same price, guys. Just go and buy some cups, you cheapskates. And make donations. I've got donation buttons. I've got cups. Buy a cup, buy something, make a donation. Buy a buy a buy a girly t shirt. He's about ready to start playing for the Rams. Buy a girly t shirt, right? So guys, we really appreciate your support. We appreciate all the audio comments. We had some great audio comments last week. I know you guys like the song I played last week. We've got a ton of audio comments this week as well, so stick around for those. We got a big game. And I do appreciate with the audio comments. And all the tweets, thank you for everybody who pointed out that I was wrong. I appreciate it. And, yeah, what I know I like, you and what I want is the same amount when I'm right. That, oh, it's, that's tough because it, it, that's going to be a tall order. It doesn't, it doesn't happen often. I just, want to, I, just, I just want to be rewarded when it does. Copy that, buddy. Guys, it was a great week. We're in a great mood in the bunker. Everything's coming up roses. Everything is sunshine and rainbows. It is fantastic here. 60 feet beneath the surface of stadium field turf. Guys, we are the oldest, the original, the best Bulldog football podcast there is. We appreciate you listening. Go dogs! And if we don't talk about it, you don't need to know it. And guys, just a quick word. We have a bunch of audio comments, some really great comments. We've got a holdover from last week. Telfair Dog wanted to make some predictions and stuff. And I love the audio comments. I know I've said this before, but it goes without. I just want to say it one more time. I do not listen to these audio comments before we do the show because I never want to lie. I don't want to color my opinion or my thoughts or my opinions. Uh with what y'all's opinions are, right? I don't think that's what you guys listen to the show for. I value your opinion, but I want to have my opinion, and then I want to hear your opinion, right? So I don't listen to these before the show, and these are unedited. That's really the important point I wanted to make there. And there is some language in these calls that may not be palatable for all listeners. So if you are offended by foul language... Or if you have a child with you or in the car, you might want to skip the rest of this show. But thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. And again, don't forget, we're on the Dog Sports Radio app now. If you were with Stitcher or whatever else, I mean, we appreciate Stitcher and stuff like that. But 
really the dog sports radio app is really where we want you to go now you can get all of our shows in real time plus 24 7 bulldog football talk it's fantastic it's a whole radio channel of nothing but bulldog talk so check it out at dog sports radio thanks all right three low kind of like a boss still worried about alabama anyway um but after the game, I was over there by the trussle, and I tried to find y'all's tailgate uh, spot, and I couldn't find I did find but I walked by one, and I, and I asked who this was, and a couple of guys sitting there said, well, this is, this is Old Dog's, uh, this is Old Dog's tailgate site. And I said, what's your name? And, it, and, and believe it, it Josh Harvey Clement and Isaiah Crowell. We're just sitting there relaxing in those dog chairs. They were eating barbecue, drinking old dog's whiskey. Uh, old dog had personally sent his car to pick him up. Uh, just absolutely treated them like kings for all that they had done when they were in Georgia. And I just really thought it was great of old dog to do that. I asked Isaiah, I said, where is old dog? And he said, well, right now he's over in the bushes, but Grayson Lambert is pulling his head out of his ass from all the bad things he said him pre-Carolina game. And I said, well, that's, that's the least you can do for the dog. But anyway, uh, absolutely love the song, S-O-B, uh, by that Ratliff guy. Unbelievable. Anyway, uh, now we got Alabama coming up. All right. Hey, it's Tail Fair Dog. Uh, I just I wanted to leave a comment. I thought I left some last week, but I guess it didn't work out. But I want to say a couple things right quick on about the dogs. Um, I wonder what the field conditions were last week in Nashville because it looked bad. And having played a little bit of quarterback, it looked like Grayson Lambert was losing his footing. So I think we need to slow down and watch what happens. And if my predictions are right this week, and you got to put my call on the air. i got a couple things. I think that this is setting up to be a year where we come in disappointed, worried about the old ball coach and stick a boot off in his ass. That's exactly what I think is going to happen tomorrow afternoon. And I want to say something else. We need to pump the brakes on this Jacob Eason kid. I mean, Dog Nation, we pumped him up like he was the next Jesus. And, and at, the, at the Elite 11, he got it handed to him, okay? I watched some of that, looked at the results. He got it handed to him. Okay, he plays football in the Pacific Northwest where it rains 384 days a year, and it, that ain't the NFL up there in the high school league, boys. Okay, and now uh, is he good? Yeah, I'm sure he's good, but I don't think he's gonna come in and be a savior. I think he's gonna be somebody we have to work on a little bit. Okay, and and whew, old dog said he was losing that offensive line. He may have to have some dental work before his sophomore year. So pump the brakes on that. Support the guy we got up there. I mean, I know he's a backup from Virginia. And in my Danny Green voice, I say, he is who we thought he was. But we got Nick Chubb. Run the damn ball, ring the bell, boys. Hey, guys. Spittle. Out here in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Four o'clock in the morning. Doing what I usually do. Patrolling the night. Nice fall. Crisp feel in the air. Listening to Dogcast. Let's talk about the positive. 1980. Herschel Walker. I was eight years old. 
in Ringo, Georgia, playing peewee ball myself. During the games, before the games, heard the dogs on the radio. Following fond memories of the national title. I want to feel it again. I want to feel it again. Looking detailed into that season, though, we don't put Herschel Walker in that first game. We'd probably get beat by Tennessee. I mean, it, we didn't exactly roll over people in 1980. Uh, I think we beat Clemson by four. I'm reading this here. I, I was eight years old, guys. Uh, then Gamecocks, we only beat them by three. Of course, the Florida game, 26-21, uh, we didn't exactly throttle Auburn, beat them by 10. Um, then you got Notre Dame you know, in, the, in the title game, uh, it worked out to be the title game, by 7. So, just win, baby, just win. Now the negative. I'm with old dog on this. This Lambert kid, I don't, out of all the kids in the country, why him to make a deal with, come to Georgia to get us through to the, you know, the Eastern thing next year? I think, I don't see anything wrong with Ramsey. Uh, I think uh, Derek said something about, you know, the, the offensive line or the team they don't like Ramsey or whatever. Uh, that may be the case, but Lambert's terrible. I mean, it, I just hope we can run the ball. That's, that's our only hope. Guys, love your show. I want a national title, man. I want to feel that again. Feel it. Those Alabama folks, you know, they just, God, they, Take for granted, we're hungry. Dog Nation is hungry for title. I am. I want to see it one more time before I die. No dogs. Hey, Derek, an old dog. How about Gainus, baby? Dude, Edu is showing up when it comes down to it, baby. Hey, and you know what? What about Lambert? He's got that freaking uh, passing down, baby. I just want to make sure you all know that. See, believe it. Dogcast, this is Jeffrey Rogers, Grover, North Carolina. All my life, I love the dogs. Old dog, I'm going to start with you. You talking about Grayson Lambert this, Grayson Lambert that, run left, run right. Man, Grayson Lambert looked like a Heisman quarterback tonight. And I ain't going to buy into it. I'm just saying, we got a diamond in the rough. Derek, how about them dogs, baby? We look good tonight. There ain't another team besides Florida and Tennessee that I'd rather step on their throat, have them gasping for air, sitting there saying, please, Georgia, please, Georgia, don't do it to me. Spurrier standing on the sidelines looking like the little rat he is. Carolina players out there fighting each other because they scared of us. Man, this is the best night ever. All I got to say Coach Rick, Schottenheimer, Pruitt, whatever they doing, we looking good. How about them dogs, baby? Hey, dog cast, what's going on? 
Hey, I want to give you guys a quick call. Love the game tonight. Love the energy. Um, love hanging some big numbers on the OBC, motherfucker. Anyway, um, listen to your podcast uh, and uh, watching the games and just wasn't really quite sure about this Lambert fella. Starting to think that he was the Logan Gray of quarterbacks for UGA. Just a safe bet to hand it off and hopefully not lose a game. Um, but after tonight, I think Shardy was trying to send a message to the future teams that we're going to play this uh, season saying, hey, don't stack the box on us or our Virginia reject or we will break passing records on your ass. So maybe his plan worked out. We'll see what happens going forward, and we'll see if he can continue this streak. But I was very pleased to see the quarterback play and obviously the imbalance of more passing to rushing uh, attempts um, was his way of trying to send a message that, uh, hey, don't stack the box on us or we're going to F you up. Um, one thing I'm a little concerned about, though, is uh, you guys are exactly right. I think Coach Mark Rick saw the pooch kick work against us so many times that apparently he wanted to try it again. And uh would have actually worked except for we had an offside on the kickoff. Um my fear is that we're going to see a lot more pooch kicks on our kickoffs, and uh, they don't tend to work out the way this one almost did. So just brace yourself, dog fans, because uh, I think we're going to see a few more teams getting the ball at the 40 with our pooch kicks. But uh, other than that, go dogs. Good to see a big win. Look forward to the next show. Out. Hey there, dogcast. Oh, dog and Derek. This is JD from Albany. Man, it was a good game, man. It was a really good game. I'm uh, looking back at the, at the uh, stats. Damn, old Lambert. He uh, he finally he said he should have worked. He finally showed up. He only missed one pass, I believe. And that's pretty good. Cause I was just like y'all. Hell, that's just not, he is done. Uh, we, we could have had some, a little better on special teams in my opinion. But, uh, all in all, hell of a good game. We beat the old bitch, bastard, coach, whatever you want to call him. I've been, I've, I've been tailgating for hours. Uh, anyway, I want to tell you guys, love the show, love y'all, and, uh, go dogs. And look, I have one more thing. This is J.D. from Ireland. Uh, I just want to say that quarterback Lambert, where the hell that kick from? What the hell happened there? All of a sudden, a, a, a split slip. I don't know what happened. Dude was awesome in this one pass, I think. 17 for 18. Something like that. That's beautiful. So, anyway. Beautiful win. Go dogs. And the future looks so bright for us. We got our shape. Go dogs. Derek, old dog. This is Ryan in Houston again. Uh, I take back what I said last week about Lambert. Um, he is clearly a Jekyll and Hyde quarterback. Um, 
I'm sure his normal play will be somewhere in the middle. I just hope that it is uh, closer to the South Carolina game than it was to, or than it is to the Vanderbilt game. Um, one thing that I do think is kind of getting glossed over is how well the receivers play, though. I mean, those guys are always open. They did not drop any passes. They were making great catches, even when there was tight coverage. So, um, I mean, obviously Lambert had a great day, but that wouldn't have happened without all the receiver help and great protection from the offensive line as well. Um, I was kind of hoping the Crimson Tide would be undefeated when they came to Athens in two weeks, but looks like that is not going to be the case. Regardless, it'll still be a big game, and um, definitely when the dogs need to win, go dogs. This is Dogcast Technical Support, working his butt off in the Washington, D.C. area. I just wanted to make a little time out in my early Sunday morning to complain about the idiots who run the polls to move Mississippi up from 15th to 4th because they beat Alabama. Both teams played sloppily as compared to Georgia's dominating win over the chickens of South Carolina. It's absolutely appalling and galling. All right? I don't mind meeting these guys in Atlanta. I know who will win. That's all I have to say. Uh, I'd like to know if Grayson Lambert will keep this up for the Alabama game. And if he does, then I don't think there's anything to stop us. And one more thing, how about them dogs? Hey, guys, this is uh, Tracy in Seal Beach, California. It is too damn hot out here. I know I can't be complaining. Anyway, what is it? A hell of a game. It's just freaking crazy. Um, I'm not going to say I told you so formally. But too many people are on the damn ledge. Like, if anyone went back, watched every single throw from that Vandy game, dropped past to Chubb. Chubb misses a blitz pickup, and had, Grayson has no choice but to get rid of it. Uh, slip foot thrown up. Uh, I think one pass, a blitzer came in in between the release guy and the back foot throws. The only one I noticed him throwing was actually him trying to get about vertical over the blitzer. So, I don't know. I just didn't see the all the, you know, throwing off the back foot. I did see staring down receivers. That was pretty bad. But what a hell of a game. This was crazy. Um, hopefully it can continue. Um, hopefully Chubb gets, you know, 101 and we yank him next week. Um, it's not awesome, in my opinion. I don't like a down Bama coming into Bama, but it is what it is. So, anyway, hell of a game, hell of a game, hell of a game. It was a coming out party. Let's just hope that he can play, you know, 70% of that consistently, and damn, things could get pretty. So, anyway, cheers, guys. Looking forward to the show. All right, see y'all.